there's anyone who knows thrift and consignment in Northeast Ohio, it's Jerry from Jerry's Closet. Welcome back to Allow Us to Rethrift Reduce Ourselves, a podcast about secondhand style, thrifting tips, and sustainable living. The podcast is hosted by me, Dina, and my best friend, Shannon. We are both two treasure hunting friends. Today's special guest for our interviews with Very Important Thrifters series is Jerry from Jerry's Closet in Green, Ohio. Jerry's Closet is one of our thrift partners in the Very Important Thrifter Club, and anyone who knows Jerry knows that she's just a gem of a person. Jerry shares so much knowledge with us in today's episode. We talk about everything from being intentional about having inclusive sizing in her store, how she went out of her comfort zone and launched a very successful social media strategy for her store. She shares tips for customers on how to have a successful consigning experience. And we cover one of my favorite questions, why the United States, Midwest, and Mideast has such a strong commitment to resale, thrift, and consignment. So allow us to re-thrift reduce Jerry from Jerry's Closet in episode 35 of Allow Us to Re-Thrift Reduce Ourselves. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dina. I'm Shannon. We have a very special guest with us today, Jerry from Jerry's Closet. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Thank you for being here. So Jerry owns Jerry's Closet in Uniontown, Ohio. And I always tell people every time I talk about Jerry, you are a staple in Northeast Ohio. Everybody knows you. Everybody loves you. Every time I say that, I think of Cheers like... What is how is the little jingle where everyone knows your name? Like that's what I feel. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's closet is like the cheers of Aww. of the of the area, it, like in the consignment thrift recycling scene. So we're excited to to chat with you about just like you know your involvement in the thrifter club, but more importantly, just everything that you've been doing for the last twenty plus years as it relates to sustainability and consignment and recycling and and more. So Shannon, do you want to get started? Yeah, actually, Jerry, um, I'm sure you don't know this, but I came to your store probably like fifteen years ago with Wendy Boyd, and I'm sure you still you know Wendy. She's I been consigning Wendy. with you forever. Oh my gosh, her and Kendra both yep. are. Incredible human beings. I love them. Yes. And so, like, I remember you used to have little parties every once in a while. And Wendy would, like, do, like, a co-host type thing. And, and right. I would come with yeah. her. with, And she'd bring, like, some deaf friends and things like that. We'd have little tea and coffee and shop. It was so much fun. Your store has always been so cozy and welcoming no matter yeah. where it's located. Yeah. And I, that's so true. I mean, I, I truly mean that. Like, Jerry, I've only met you once in person and I feel like I've known you forever. I mean, you always just have that such such great energy in your store and everybody I know that goes there feels the same way. Thank you. Thank you. That's very important um, to me because I do think that you need to create that culture that uh, people are comfortable and that they want to come back and they, and they want to be a part of that culture. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, not only with my staff, but our shoppers and consigners that come in. It's like it is you're kind of part of a club and everyone's invited. That's the great thing. And everybody's a part of it. And um, gosh, I couldn't you know, be here 23 years into it without all the incredible support that I have from the community and shoppers and people, amazing people like Wendy that, you know, <laughs> continue to bring people in and she was in about two weeks um, right before we closed the store for the holidays. And, um, you know, I, I've met her mom. So, of course, I'm always like, how's your mom? And, um, you know, just to, I've watched Kendra grow up and now she's a nurse. And so hmm. to be a part of people's lives and, and just watch all these great things 
um, that they go through. And, and of course, let them watch me grow from my little store on 619 to our store now. And um, yeah, it's just, um, it, it definitely just is, is warmness from my heart to be able to have that and share that with people. I bet. And with that said, I have, I wonder when and why did you start your consignment shop? So I started 23 years ago. Um, I was always in retail and I loved that. Like I, I thrive on that customer interaction and problem solving and merchandising. And, you know, it's like I wake up in in the night to how I'm going to do a front table the next day. You know, it's just like, that's how my brain operates. I can't explain that. And so with not only the retail background, but I had some buying experience as well and in management. Um, But, you know, working for a big box store, you know, you're working 60 hours a week, every single holiday. I was newly, newly married, you know, just a few years into my marriage. And uh, my husband was very busy and it just, we didn't have any time. And, you know, you, you kind of get to that place where you're like, okay, what, what does my life look like and how how can I make some changes? And um, I actually consigned with Encore in Canton, um, which Paula, one of the owners, is just one of my dearest friends. And I, with consigning with her, I just said to her one day, gosh, would you tell me about this business? And she's like, where are you going to open a store? I'm like, not in Canton. I promise I live in Green. And she's like, okay, let's go to lunch. And honestly, I mean, and she just like took me in and talked to me and, and definitely gave me some food for thought. And then I came home to my husband. I'm like, I think I want to quit my job and, you know, go play store. And I'm sure that's what he thought. Oh yeah. Go play store, honey. <laughs> um, it was amazing. And was like, listen, you know, let's, let's get some more fact finding here and let's do this. And um, gosh, before I knew it, you know, I found a place and I got open and, and of course, you know, it, it's funny to look back, I think of when I first opened my store and oh my gosh, I, I probably didn't, I probably didn't have 50 or 60 pieces when I opened and who, who on earth told me that was enough to open a store? <laughs> <laughs> As I think about that, I'm, I'm almost incredibly embarrassed when I think of how, how, I don't know. I can't even think about it. It'll make me just, it'll be crazy. But anyways, we opened and here I am. My gosh. Um, so, so thankful to just be on this crazy ride and then to get through last year, which was just lots of extra bumps for every single person that I know. But, here, you know, here we are starting another year and I'm, I'm excited and I'm psyched. This is going to be one of my best years. I can feel it. Oh, that's great. I love, he- yeah. I love hearing that another consignment owner helped you out, took partnered kind of like grabbed your hand and led you like that's just unheard of these days. And I love hearing that somebody else in the community was supporting mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. We have not only a local resale organization, but I also belong to a national resale association. And I'll tell you what, those people are like thick as thieves. I mean, they just, you know, someone needs something and they jump in and they do it and they support and you know, some of my true best friends are other store owners that I can call with, you know, a question, a problem, uh, an idea, something crazy. And boy, what a, what a gift that is. Because I know so many industries, you do not find that at all. And our industry, many of the owners, um, I just think we're kind of 
I don't know if it's like the little bit of kooky in us or like the <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it's like we all kind of flock together and, and we're all like-minded, not only kind of dreamers and things like that, but I think just we all have a little bit of the kooky in a good way. Yeah. So I just think that we all, um, boy, they're just, we're, we're there for each other. And, and that's, that's so important. Great. Starting any business is hard. Starting, I think, resale businesses. It can be especially tricky. I feel like now more and more, the younger generation coming up in this kind of world of resale, it's becoming a lot more competitive because there are so many different ways now to start your own resale business. And for you to have that network where you can just turn to somebody and vent or look for advice is so important. I mean, I'm not in your shoes at all. But I if I didn't have Shannon some days with all of the things that I'm working on, just the other day, I texted her, I'm like, I was like, I need business advice. And she's like, go for it. You know, just somebody that will <laughs> listen and, and offer advice and not judge you. It's just it's so valuable. It is. And you hit it right on the head when you said with the industry changing so much with social media that has become such a huge and just everything is digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had friends that came to me 10, 11 years ago and said, you need a Facebook page. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. My one friend, no, seriously, you need a Facebook page. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I fought her tooth and nail. And now I look at the percentage of our sales Mm -hmm. that is created from our posts and live videos. And I think, what the heck had I not? Um, I mean, you have to. I think yeah. that's the only way you stay current and stay in the competition and in the game is if you have somewhat of a digital game to go along with your brick and mortar, if in fact you have a brick and mortar. For sure. I mean, one of the first things people do now is check to see if you have an Instagram or Facebook before they even check to see if you have a website, because that's going to give them more of a feel for who you are and what you do and, you know, what you stand for as a brand. Correct. I agree. So I'm sure you've seen a lot change over the years. What are some things as it, as it relates to fashion and style that you have found to be staples and always in style over the last two decades? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, we definitely have watched styles get more casual and get more casual. I mean, the athleisure market is and again even more so after last year with so many people working from mm-hmm. home but i think good brands and when we talk about basics and basics and classics aren't the same to me i mean classics to me are uh, great blazers mm-hmm. um that little black dress but basics are are you know tops and bottoms for everyday wear and and we're definitely always always selling Four tops to one bottom, easy, hmm. and good mall brands. I mean, we're not, we don't get a lot of high-end designer. I get, I dabble in a little of it. We get some great pieces, but that is not my market. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, in Green and Uniontown, Ohio, that is not my market. We're Chico's and Ann Taylor and some Coach and throw in a couple of Johnny Was every now and again, maybe three Louis a year. Um, so <laughs> that's my market. But interestingly enough, when I first opened, I sold suits like it was my job. Hmm. I mean, we had two racks of suits, dress pants, you know, in every color that was made, um, dress pumps. And again, gosh, I probably could not even carry a pump. I could be honest. We, we, we sell so few. But every now and again, you know, someone does need a nice dress pump for a, 
uh, an occasion. But honestly, um, good, just basic, casual clothing is certainly our meat and potatoes. But then we buy our accessories new so I can really pay attention to color trends and Mm -hmm. trends of necklace styles or is it big hoop earrings or is it little studs, whatever it is, and buy those things new so we can even... I, I want to say almost appear even more on trend than maybe what the mass of our clothing might be, you know, again, because they're basics. So that I have found has been where in the beginning, I really didn't buy anything new, obviously, as a new owner. And we not only have our accessories that we purchase new, but like in the winter, we buy hats and gloves and mm-hmm. ponchos and scarves. We have gift lines now, so we can offer something if someone needs a quick gift item, they can come in and they can always find something new. So right. I love hearing how how things have shifted like that, like hearing how you used to sell suits and the the shifts in the trends like that are always so fascinating to me. How do you think that this is going to impact you this year? Are you just going to kind of pivot and, and stay away from some of these more formal styles or for sure. I already was, um, we aren't officially taking spring yet. So I'm really kind of gathering all of my data, but I think we'll definitely go even another half step down for more casual looks. The great thing is, is because so many people are working from home, we are getting some of the best consignments <laughs> because nobody's wearing that. Yep. Now I sure hope that you know, six months. I mean, and I know people will get back out and about. So I feel like maybe for the first quarter of the year, sales, I think might still be a little off just because people don't, they're not consuming as much fashion because they're not doing as much. Um, But it'll be interesting to see throughout this year with each season and hopefully as things ease up, really what's selling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we are definitely back off. We had far too many dresses last year, far too many blazers. And really, I feel honestly, and I shouldn't even say this out loud, that we could almost not carry pants, leggings, denim, athletic wear bottoms. Yeah. I don't think I need another bottom in my store, to be honest. No, <laughs> but I, I, think I, I understand. So I, I probably, I just probably don't have the guts to pull the trigger, but we sell so few. We just have to get pickier and pickier with what we do have. So it's just super basic, great ba- brand, black, navy, khaki. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Shannon, I know you've, you've, you know, had to keep going into, Shannon's a, a high school teacher and you've, had to go in on and off over the last year. Um, but I have not touched my work pants. Like now I haven't even tried them on like since March. It's, it's so wild. And that's what I lived in. I was in those clothes more than I was in anything else. So it's just such an, it's such an adjustment. It, it is. Um, I also know friends of mine that were strictly luxury goods and some larger cities, just luxury goods only again, huge hits to their business because people were peering down. But I feel that because I'm a little more in that, you know, basic Betty zone, um, <laughs> I feel a little bit safer um, just because we do have things that people will need for and every day and working from home and things like that. So I'm, I'm super thankful that my customers made that decision for me long ago. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, watching what's really selling and what's not, we'll, we'll stay on top of it. I wonder, because of the, the new world that we live in with everybody having a cell phone, and now there's all these apps that you can sell clothes on like Poshmark, Facebook Marketplace, ThreadUp, like the new ones come out every other day, it feels like. 
does that help your business because it makes people more aware of thrifting and consignment or do you think it hurts it? I think it depends on the person. I think for younger people, it hurts us because they're going to sell their things there first because they're savvy, they're tech savvy, they can jump on there, they can sell it and it's easy for them. But the bulk of my demographic is definitely 30 to 65, like myself, where to learn another digital something that isn't necessary for my day-to-day work life or home life. For me, though, I don't think it hurts us. It is a a good awareness, though. And I do think, especially if people are checking pricing, sometimes that can be both good and bad. You know, if they come in, oh my gosh, I love that person. Then I see them whip out their phone and they're probably looking it up. I don't know if they're on eBay or if they're on Poshmark (laughs) or where they're looking. Um, So that could be both good and bad as well. But it also then helps us with some pricing sometimes, and especially with designer bags, because, you know, everyone that has a, a designer bag, so many times when they bring it into consign, they just think, oh, well, gosh, I paid, you know, $300 for it. You know, she's going to sell it for 275 and I'm going to get rich. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> bags are everywhere. They're everywhere. And there's just such a multitude of them that unless it's really unique or like a very sought after style they don't always keep their value, even if they're in excellent condition. Hmm. So I do think it can be both good and bad, just depending on the the situation. Mm -hmm. I I love the awareness of it, though, that it's making people get rid of things they're not using and perhaps purchase something um, secondhand. I mean, that's any any way we can get them doing that is good, right? I'm just I just want to say like for somebody that didn't want a Facebook and now you're able to like get that thing out and figure out how much it costs on eBay and you know figure out what's going on. You're doing really I well with technology. Them, darn it, they threatened me. And now, oh my gosh, I mean I I'm myself and I have five admin that help me run our Facebook and Instagram because wow. we post every day all day. I mean, on any given day, I I know already I have a list of, I think, seven things I have to pull in the morning for people that are like, oh my gosh, put that on hold. I'll be in tomorrow. So that becomes almost a full-time job. When we were shut down for two months, I mean, I was going in and doing live videos. And when I opened the, the store after our two-month shutdown, I had over 300 items on hold for people. Wow. Uh, and I was doing some shipping in between, but gosh, it, you know, we opened back up. It, it, I felt like it was a lifeline with my customers. You know, they're like, okay, you know, she's still here. And when we reopened, we gave them, I think we gave them like three or four days into that first week, just so not everyone felt like they didn't have to quick mob into the store the first day. But I think when it was all said and done, I had like eight things that actually weren't picked up. So I was tickled. And I think I would, I mean, I wouldn't have had any of that without social media. Ah, That's amazing. So tell me more than I do social media consulting. And I'm curious to know, like, you know, going from someone who didn't want to have a Facebook, how did you land on this particular strategy? Because you are very active. And I I enjoy following you very much. And that consistency is key, right? And um, I'm just wondering, you know, how how did you come to that to that decision? Like you drink the Kool-Aid a little bit, you start (laughs) posting like, Oh, that's cute. Oh, I like right, that. Right, right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I have to post more. But a lot, not only that, there's, um, there is a gal that has a store in um, Atlanta, Georgia. And the name of her store is Back by Popular Demand. And she is like, when you think rock star, then she's like the umpteenth power. I mean, this girl is, 
She's right in a really affluent area of Atlanta. So she gets crazy, amazing stuff. She goes to these luxury homes, does big closet cleanouts. And she is kind of um, one of the, the leaders in our national organization that is always out there doing the newest, coolest go-getter thing, for lack of a better word. And she was doing videos. And, you know, a lot of us were kind of grumbling in the back, like, yeah, right, we're not doing those. <laughs> and then she started hearing numbers of, you know, she'd go in on a Sunday afternoon and do a two-hour video and, like, she could have went and bought a house. I mean, it was, like, insane. So then you think, okay, well, maybe I'm nervous and maybe I don't know how to do this, but maybe I better give it a try. And I I don't know if you've ever seen any of my lives, but, you know, of course, I'm, as Mrs. Roper, I also come from the day <laughs> of romper room. You know, that romper bumper. I yep. see Susie. And that is what I do in my videos, which again, because <laughs> that is my demographic, my ladies love it. And I, it's a great way to connect and it's fun. And, you know, if I can get on there and get excited and have fun and, and, and that's just kind of my personality for the most part anyway. So I, I, I don't even really think about it, but then to, you know, Hey girlfriend, and how are you? And yelling names and Susie and <laughs> Janet the whole way. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. And then by, when I'm done, I'm like exhausted because I think, Oh my gosh, did I even breathe? Um, so again, I think it's just like you take a sip of the Kool-Aid and then you're like, okay, that's not, that's kind of good. And now I, I truly, I, I, and I said I was going to be better um, this year. I really should do one almost daily. I really should. Um, but I, I always do like a Saturday stroll. I usually pop in Saturday morning. And even if I'm not working, I'll kind of stroll through and hit some of the racks and just talk about things that came in that week. And again, I can't tell you how many times that absolutely makes a difference if somebody's going to come in that day or not. Because totally. if I'm saying, oh, we got Chico's size two. Oh my gosh, the limited extra small that we got in. Oh my gosh, if you're a size 10, look at these Tory Birch boots. That's it's great. just a way to, to interact with your people, you know, and you know, I, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without them. More and more people love to shop through Instagram, whether it's actually checking out and purchasing something through Instagram, through through a DM or something, or through an online shop that's linked to an Instagram. But that even what you're offering is so valuable right now because we are on our phones all day. And if I can just see what you have in the store without having to get off my couch, I mean, that's... <laughs> It's so motivating. It's it so exciting. People thrive off of that. They love it. And it's it's just yeah. such a great strategy. And I, I love seeing you in my feed all the time. You have just like such a great energy and it makes me want to come in and shop. So you're doing a great job. Thank you. Well, today we had a, a mom that she has six children and she messaged in, put that top on hold. I'll call in a little bit. You know, she paid for it over the phone. She walked in the door and I said, oh my gosh, Brittany, it's so good to see you. And she's like, this is the only way I can stop, so keep posting. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know a lot of people who used to spend hours at thrift stores and, you know, traditional places like Goodwill and stuff like that that are doing like quick run in, in and out 30, 15 minute kind of thing because they just don't want to spend a lot of time in public places. So giving them that opportunity to kind of see a snapshot of what you have, then they're like, okay, this is worth a quick trip in, you know, and I love that you you put things on hold for people. Some stores won't do that, especially like thrift and consignment because oh, Yeah, we we I mean we are a two day hold and really we That's have nice. to and 
know, because if someone's working or if they just, you know, we have a lot of customers that are good 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes away. So yeah. really, if they can't get in that day, penalize them. I can see where it could get abused. And I understand, I guess, how some stores don't want to hold. But, oh, my gosh, it, it's kind of like not having a public restroom. What the heck? Why? <laughs> you know, I just don't understand mentality around that. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Oh, well, we'll I guess and- leave them and not shop. And I think that you've been in the game long enough to know that holding something for somebody for two days and then them not picking it up is not the end of the world. It's not going to kill your business. I think that's such a big part of you building that relationship with people that they know Jerry's going to be flexible and kind enough to hold this for me for 48 hours. No big deal. Despite the fact that quantities are limited and, you know, there are probably 10 other people in line who want this. So I think that's just part of your whole brand that is really working for you. (laughs) You got to do what's good for you. Yeah. So I was wondering, since you've been in this business for a long time, what is it about our region that you feel makes us special when it comes to consignment, resale, sustainability? I think there's something very special about Northeast Ohio and kind of like the Midwest, Mideast region in general. Um, And I wondered what your take was on that. You know, I... I, I agree with you. Um, I am not sure if it is like a culture. You know, my grandmother loved Goodwill and my grandfather hated that she loved Goodwill because one, she didn't need to shop at Goodwill. And yeah. that generation, you shopped there because you needed to. But she saw the value and kind of the thrill of the hunt. And she would love to tell people about the find that she had, you know, when she probably could have had absolutely anything she wanted. Um, But I do think that there is just some like deep rooted, not only being price conscious, but maybe before they even realized understanding the sustainability of Mm -hmm. shopping that way, I just feel like it's very deep rooted in this area. And I, I would love to know, where that history is from, but you know, there has always been um, a lot of consignment and resale shops, a lot of really great thrift stores in our area. And um, I think I have probably 10 stores that are less than 10 miles from me. Hmm. With every store owner, you have a different feel, you have a different flavor. And with every community, you have a different need for that shop. So therefore those owners, you know, you need to take heed of the needs of what your community wants mm-hmm. from you and then carry those things or try to get your hands on those things. Uh, I know there's a gal that has um, kind of a thrift store in Alliance area. And she said, you know, other than hoodies and jeans, she's not selling anything. She goes, that's what my customers want. So yeah. she literally the source jeans and hoodies to be able to be stocked with jeans and hoodies. So yeah, it, Northeast Ohio, though, really has a very strong commitment to resale and thrift. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Jerry, what tips do you have for our listeners on how to consign? Oh, that's a great, that is a great question. So again, I think that all consignment shops aren't created equal, nor are our rules and guidelines the same. So I think depending on where you choose or where you would like to consign or do business, I think it's just so important to find out what their guidelines are. Um, and especially now with 
COVID, unfortunately, we were never by appointment. I mean, up until we had to shut down and then reopen. So we went, you know, 22 years being willy nilly, bring it when you want to, oh my gosh, we need to be appointed because we need to control how many people are in our store. And um, it was the only way to really keep tabs on way too many things. Plus I had limited staff coming back. So um, anyways, I, I think it's just so crucial to call that store, get on their website, find out what their guidelines are. Um, in the big picture, I think most stores are wanting current, clean, you know, no tears, no smells, no hairs, that type of thing. Um, but again, I know that there are things that I probably take that maybe three other stores in the area wouldn't take and vice versa. You know, we try to evaluate what our needs are pretty often. So it's worth it to make a phone call if you're set when you're setting up that appointment to maybe say, you know, gosh, are you are you selling a lot of dresses right now? And and I try to give that information out freely because I want it to be a good experience for someone. You know, there's nothing worse than someone showing up with a big bunch of stuff. Okay, one we're by appointment, so you just showed up. It's the wrong season. It's not the brands. It was their grandmother's things, and she died 40 years ago, and we just cleaned <laughs> out the attic. So, you know, of course that's going to go bad. And um, I always try to tell people, you know, knowledge is, is power and we want it to be a great experience for you. And so definitely get that information. I mean, that's, that's, and I get it when you want to get rid of stuff, you want to get rid of stuff, but I say, please do, do a little bit of homework and find out what that store is looking for. Just so it's yeah. a good experience. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then do you have like a top five things that you always take no matter what the season is? You know what? There's brands that I take year round. Um, like athletic wear is something that I take year round, and it, and I don't care if it is a summer piece in the winter or winter mm-hmm. in the summer because that I think is seasonless. There's definitely different handbag brands and styles that yes, we take all the time, um, and just. Like right now, anything camouflage is so hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be the dumbest thing or the coolest <laughs> thing, and it doesn't matter. That's so true. So, we'll take, so again, it tends to change. Graphic t-shirts are really hot for us right now. So almost any tee that has a fun saying we're taking, um, we always do incredibly well with like the big statement necklaces from J. Crew and things like that. I mean, I could take those all day long. Um, and almost Chico's anything, you know? is just always, always a good thing for us. So um, you told me this a while ago when we did that fun little Instagram project together, but remind our listeners, what is your process? Is it after 120 days? How long does a a customer's item sit on the rack in your store? So uh, we can sign for 90 days, 50-50 split after it sells, and they can get their money on demand. So if you have money on your account, you can walk in anytime, get your money, run. You can purchase something in the store. I know some places have a like a certain window or a certain day. And if it's not Wednesday, you can't get your money. And I don't understand, again, any of that kind of bananas. But really, it's your money. If it's there, come get it if you want it. Spend it if you want it. And then at the end of the consignment, if you do want your items back, we give you a window that you can also pick those items up. Um, We just ask that you call ahead, give us a day or so notice. We'll get them pulled and ready and you can take them back. 90 90. days, 50-50 split. Wow. Okay. I didn't know if there was like an extra fee or anything like that. But yeah, to your point about like that window, like the, all those extra rules have always deterred me from consigning at other places because I just felt so overwhelmed by the process. I'm like, it's too much to remember. Like, I just want to get rid of this stuff and make a little bit of extra cash. Like, it, I don't want to have to do like an algebra equation in my head. 
Oh my gosh, I was absent the day I could get my money. Yeah, it's right. Like, do, it's you know? so confusing. Yeah. I love how straightforward that is. Like, and that's a very fair rate. That's what we started with, and that's what we're staying with. Um, a lot of places definitely through the years have gone to sixty forty and a couple wow. other options. But yeah, fifty fifty works for us. That's awesome. Works for people too. So. That's yeah. really cool. So back to the conversation we were having about sort of what makes Northeast Ohio special when it comes to consignment, thrift, and antiques. You know, that was really the motivation behind starting the Very Important Thrifter Club. Well, I've been very fortunate to have such incredible relationships with a lot of different thrift and consignment antique shops, including Jerry's Closet. And I thought I really wanted to create a way to bridge the gap between my followers and listeners and my favorite stores. I wanted to make that connection because they're constantly asking me where I get stuff from. And so I was so glad that you agreed to come on board. And I know it's been off to a slow start. Well, we knew it was going to be off to a slow start, pandemic or not, right? Like anytime you start something new, it takes people some time to kind of warm up to it and add in a global pandemic to the mix. We knew right off the bat, um, it was going to take a little bit of time. But I just wanted to know, you know, how your experience has been so far and what your favorite thing about the club is and what you're most excited about. Um, Well, we are definitely excited to be a part of it. I was tickled when you reached out to me. Um, I love that, uh, as you said, it's like bridging the gap of other store owners um, that I know personally, I didn't know very well. And so I I love that it's just trying to, and I think it's that united, Mm -hmm. um, like, wow, it can be this type of store, this type of store, this type of store, this type of store, but you're supporting them all and then putting it in this beautiful package. Um, I, I love all your graphics. And of course, we've enjoyed sharing that. Um, and we have had some faces that um, seem to be new faces coming in. So I think that is super exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I think why, why not do something that, um, again, just like keep supporting that culture of shopping um, smarter and being savvy, um, that savings element as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's a great, and I just think it will only get better and better, but for Tickle to be a part of it, that's I'm great. So glad that you asked. Yeah, that. the variety of the stores is one of my favorite things because that's the kind of thrifter both Shannon and I are. You know, we love we you cannot put us in like a thrifter's box, right? Like we love the variety, <laughs> we love consigning, we love weird antiques and quirky things and we love new things. And so we were really selective and thoughtful about which stores we wanted to invite. And I'm glad that some new faces are popping in. The girl, Abby, who we interviewed, she's a Thrifter Club member. She was talking about a camel coat that she got from your store. First time ever coming to Jerry's Closet. And she's like, it was exactly what I was looking for. I got an amazing deal. She's like, it was one of her best purchases last year. So we were so happy to hear that. Well, that is wonderful. And you, I always love when you show your cart um, in your different... uh, (laughs) email and on your Instagram. And again, just to see the cool things, because uh, it's always interesting, I think, to know what people are shopping for. It's, um, it is just enjoyable to see, like one of my first customers, you know, she went right over to our markdown of Christmas and picked up this sweet little Santa plate and this other little holiday plate. And then the next person, you know, had two pieces of Vera Bradley. 
and then the next gal had a pair of Hudson jeans and you know and and so on and it's just like and then somebody comes up with a great boot and I loved that um, put out your you know 12 months of thrifting and I love the storage for January because that is I wouldn't have thought it's underrated (laughs) we have baskets at the store and we have some great storage things and I'm thinking oh my gosh we and we do sell that but it's like to you put the idea in my head that wow yeah you do need to be more open about your um, creative ways to store things and where you find them yeah it's just being intentional about what you're looking for you can find it anywhere and back to your point about the variety of of things that your customers buy I mean that is what we love about thrifting like Shin and I can go to a thrift store or consignment store and like you've seen my carts like there's just it's a variety of things in there like brand name vintage weird stuff for our kids like it's just it's across the board and that's you can't get that anywhere else it's the best thing ever no and I think that um what I love is when I have and and um I shouldn't talk about Wendy but this is this is a good thing you know Wendy Boyd who you brought up so she, for a while, was buying a lot of Coldwater Creek in uh, in my stores quite a few years ago. And then she came in um, after the fact at some point and said, I just have to tell you that for the first time, I went into a Coldwater Creek store. This is obviously before they closed. And she said, I had no idea. <laughs> I knew I was getting good deals because I'm shopping with you, Jerry. But I had no idea how much that stuff costs. And don't you just, I mean, I love that aha from her. And I know that happens probably every day where someone, you know, and again, because there's just so many brands, you can't know them all. And, you know, I still find things and I'm like, what the heck is that? And that's a million dollars. Ah, you know, (laughs) you, you don't know, but then to have someone have that, wow. I mean, I knew I was getting great value, but then when I went in the store and saw that a blouse was $79, what the heck? That's just such a cool part of what I do. Tell now, us a little bit about your uh, style because we were we were chatting about Jerry for our listeners. Jerry's wearing the most adorable embroidered Johnny was jacket. Um, tell us a little bit about your style and you know how it's evolved over the years. What do you like? What are you drawn yes, to? Yes, it's definitely. A, I I can't I can't even talk about what I wore probably twenty years ago because it just is almost embarrassing. Um, I mean, I definitely like to be comfortable. I will be honest. When I'm at work, I'm very hands on, so I I do need to be comfortable. I need to be moving around. You know, on any given day, if something comes in that I need to move a bunch of racks and a bunch of clothes to accommodate something awesome that just came in, so. Um, comfort, I hate to say, is usually pretty important. Uh, and I do like to be somewhat trendy, but I don't say that I am a super trend follower um, because I do, I'm, I'm kind of a little more eclectic, I think. And it's like, I like what I like, but I wouldn't say that I'm not, you know, I, I do think I'm fashionable, but not like someone that I think people look to and say, ooh, she's so fashionable. You know, I don't think that I'm, I'm that gal, but, you know, I want to look nice and I want to look nice to my clothing and I want to, feel like if someone comes in the store that if they asked my opinion that they're not like, oh, didn't mean you, <laughs> you know, <but> they <laughs> so, I wanna, you know, and again, as you get older, I think you just get a lot more comfortable in your skin. And um, so, yeah, like something like this is so me with a pair of jeans and a black booty. I do love a big statement necklace more days than not. 
I might have a very plain top on, but have just like some big, fabulous, something giant and sparkly because I do love sparkly as well. But but I do like functional and fashionable and add some fun. I love it. It's it's a true reflection. You're, you're so cute. Yeah, it's a true reflection of your personality. <laughs> I mean, I, really, everything you wear is just, it's so Jerry. That's the only way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> which is a good thing. So the last question we like to wrap up with, why is sustainability important to you? Goodness. I I mean, I think it's important because of course, not only is it um, very important for our planet, but I think that the more of us that are shopping that way and becoming a more conscious culture, I think it then commands um, everything from how items are made to how they're consumed. And I just think that as a whole, if we're all um, like joining that march per se, um, it's just it's just going to all trickle down and create a better culture of doing away with fast fashion. And I think as you become more conscious, you know, obviously you're, you consume less or if you're not consuming less, it might be how much you're spending is less. So I think in the big picture, you're obviously saving money as well. And I think that with people thriving to purchase the fast fashion, I think it then just supports like a disposable culture. And I just think, gosh, we're better than that, you know? Mm. So I, I just think it's important to, you know, get everyone on, on the march of, you know, make smart purchases. And gosh, if you don't need to buy it brand new, then don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I lied. I have one more question or more so a comment. One of the things I noticed the last time I was in your shop was how intentional you are about including plus sizes. And we have an entire episode about sort of the issue with thrift stores in general and how there's such a lack of quality, nice fashionable plus size clothing. And really, it's because it's kind of like a trickle down sort of situation. There isn't anything really that nice at the top. So by the time stuff makes it down to consignment and thrift stores, it's the worst of the worst. But you are one of the very few in the area. And I refer people to your store when they're looking for plus size secondhand or consignment pieces. I wondered if what's your process? Are you are you intentional about that when people bring stuff in? Are you are you always seeking it out and what your process is with that. That actually took a lot of years to cultivate. You know, when I was in my smaller location, we just had like one rack that was basically tops and bottoms. And I really was disappointed um, that that's just what we had to offer. And so when we got into the bigger place, I really had decided that um, not only was I going to intentionally talk to those customers that were coming in the door that were looking for women's sizes, but I also um, had reached out at the time to um, Lane Bryant and Catherine's to some of the workers there and just said, really, I know you have to buy a lot of clothing because you're working here. Let let us help you make some of that money back. And um, I was able to get a couple of um, employees that can sign with me. And I think that it, it's kind of like anything, the more you have, then the more you can get. So as our department started to grow, I found that we were, it's like that whole need was growing. And then our customer base was growing. And like right now, I think I only have five racks of um, plus size, I usually like to have at least six total racks 
we're a little lean right now, but I just reached out to a couple of people. And, you know, with all of, um, there's so many people, if you like reach out to maybe a, a bariatric surgery office, I just actually had someone contact me where a gal just had surgery and she says, I have mountains of new clothes and they are not my size anymore. But I, but I do think it does have to be intentional because I don't think if I would not have gone after it very specifically, we would not have the selection. Here we had a really, really wonderful amount of women's like um, 26, 28, and 30, which was really, I mean, new with tags, torrid pieces. It's like, oh my gosh, I was so thankful for that. And, you know, the bulk of our society is 14 and up. So come mm-hmm. on. What, what the heck? Why wouldn't we offer that? Um, and again, because a lot of stores in the area don't have it, um, I think that it, it just makes it even easier for me to not only get the sales, obviously, because we have a nice selection, but then we are almost getting known for having that nice variety. So I think that when consigners think about consigning women's clothing, they, they think of us too. So I'm tickled. And thank you, because we really, that was very intentional to have that. And um, I'm grateful that we have a nice selection and really great brands and great stylish pieces. I mean, that I'm proud proud to have. Yeah, I mean it when I say that. I mean, I've been to every thrift store in town and I'll find plus size stuff, but it's not always that nice. But at your store, there were some really nice brands and new pieces and good quality, not just, you know, like rundown pieces. And I, five to six racks is very impressive. Right, Shannon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Usually I'm like looking and I find one and then it's usually disappointing. And then I just head to the shoes, you know, but I love how thoughtful you were about contacting people where, you know, you could you could find like a source to where it wasn't just like a Mm -hmm. one time thing. But you're finding like not only a customer, but then a source for the clothing as well, which is just great. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think you. Again, you need to sometimes put on your thinking cap. And I do think that uh, belonging to like the National uh, Resale Association that I belong to, you know, it's something that, you know, as local uh, stores, you know, we we share on a certain level. And some of us obviously share a lot of things and some of us not so much. But then when you're on a national level, I think it's even more of a, you know, if someone has a store in Pennsylvania um, and she has great ideas. She's probably going to be even more forthcoming to me than maybe someone in Canton. So, you know, learning to get out there and source for those needs um, is definitely something that I learned from that national organization and got the courage to even think to do that. Um, that, you know, oh my gosh. And then I was like, wow, why the heck didn't I think that? You know, go to the store and start passing out, you know, go to the mall and start passing out cards in every store because. Those employees have to be in those clothing so you know that they're purchasing a lot. That's so cool. (laughs) Well, Jerry, tell everybody where they can find you online. Okay, so jerrysclosetcom is our website. We are at Closet Girl of Green on Instagram and then Jerry's Closet on Facebook. And then uh, Brick and Mortar is 4195 Maslin Road. Um, We're in the city of Green, but it is considered Uniontown. Yeah, we can't wait to help you. Yeah, and this month, Thrifter Club members get... 30% off shoes or boots non-sale that are not not already on sale. Mm -hmm. Perfect. 30% off non-sale shoes and boots. If you are a member of Thrifter Club, 
Well, Shannon and I cannot yeah. wait to come down and visit you and see all the cool stuff you have this month, especially since you're saying a lot of people are consigning right now and getting rid of all the really nice stuff. I'm tempted to go get rid of all of my work clothes. I mean, I'm just like, I have not touched them in a year. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I bet um, yesterday and today I probably put out 800, 800 items and there's just some, I mean, I had probably 25 to 30 pieces of J Crew all new with tags. Okay. Wow. Signing off to go to your store right now. I know, right? <laughs> I'll meet you there. <laughs> well, Jerry, this was so nice. It was so nice to chat with you and to see you in person after all this time. Really my pleasure. Thank you so much. Shannon, thank you. Have a great thank night, you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Allow Us to Rethrift Reduce Ourselves. For episode show notes, go to dinasdays.com slash podcast. And if you're local and want to join our very important Thrifter Club, head to thrifterclub.com to get signed up. As a member of the Thrifter Club, you get access to exclusive coupons that you can't get anywhere else to local thrift, consignment, and antique shops. You also get access to my local thrift guide, which outlines all of my favorite stores around Northeast Ohio. You get invitations to members-only events and thrift meetups and notifications of cool finds and sales around town. If you're not local but still want to support the podcast and the work we're doing to advance thrift and sustainability, head to thrifterclub.com and join our BTFF Club, our best thrift friend forever club. You can find me on Instagram at Dina's Days, Shannon is at Fat Don't Crack, and the podcast is at Rethrift Reduce Podcast. We'll see you next time. 